How's everybody doing? Woo-hoo-hoo. You guys look great today. You're supposed to say, I look great today. That would help me out, but no, no? Oh, all right. Thank you. I knew I could count on you, man. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, we're going to be in Ezekiel, so if you have your Bible, let's just go ahead and turn there. Ezekiel chapter 3. Andrew kicked it off last week. This week, we're going to continue with a little bit of... Um, I, I, when I was praying about it, I felt like the Holy Spirit was really pushing on me to talk about the watchman on the wall. Um, and, and watchman, you know, so we're going to discuss that a little bit. But uh, turn, to, turn your Bible to Ezekiel chapter 3, and let's pray. Father, I thank you. Um, gosh, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your energy. If I'm honest, I was pretty depleted this morning, and I feel good. And maybe it's maybe coffee, but I don't know, Lord Jesus. I, I thank you for it. Uh, Father, I thank you that you uh, gather us together. I thank you, God, that we get to worship. I thank you, God, that we get to, like Kristen said, we get to hug on each other and encourage each other. And these, this is my family. I look forward to this day. I look forward to hearing stories. I, get, I look forward to seeing these faces. And I just thank you, Jesus, that you're, you're really bringing that fellowship alive in Cobblestone um, in a time and a place where we really need it, Lord, that, that we really need each other and, and help us to, to learn to love and lean and trust each other even more. Father, help this message. Um, it can, Ezekiel's a tough book, but, but Lord Jesus, it's your word. Help us to, to receive from it. Help my heart, Lord Jesus. I know my tone and my words sometimes can be, you know, received as harsh. Help me not to, to teach this as harsh. This is some heavy stuff, Lord. But I pray, God, that people's ears are open and their hearts are humble and that they receive it in love um, and that it's just, it's just like you talking, not me. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you for showing up. Bless this service. Bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So I got a little more time than first service, but not a lot. Got to tell myself that. Um, so Ezekiel, guys, real quick, he had his first vision when he was 30 years old. Um, and if you break down the book of Ezekiel, the, uh, he pronounced judgment on, on Judah, chapters 1 through 24 was judgment. Judgment surrounding the evil nations was chapters 25 through 32. And then after Jerusalem fell, he turned from uh, messages of doom and judgment to basically more of a comfort, hope, and a future restoration for, for God's people. And that's chapters 33 through, through 48. And if you've been reading it, it, it is a tough read. Um, I've been listening to it, and there's some tough stuff in there. And there's some things that make you just say, wow. Um, in fact, when I was like really listening to it this week, just kind of refresh my spirit on it, I kind of felt a heaviness, uh, if I'm honest with you guys, when I was going through it, like just a heaviness. And, and I think sometimes the, it's so easy to read these books and think they're stories, but these were real people. And Ezekiel was a real guy with the weight of the Lord on him, and he did this, and he did it well. And I just, I don't know, sometimes I think that's the beauty. And when I read it, I just think, man, what a man of God. What a man of God, what a, what a, and you'll see here, I want to start off with Ezekiel 3, verse 4, um, and you'll see what I'm talking about. So, and he said to me, this is God talking to Ezekiel, they're having a nice little conversation, son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak with my people to them, okay, so he's getting his assignment from God, for you are not to, you are not sent to a people of foreign speech and a hard language, but to a, but to the house of Israel. 
Not to many people of foreign speech and a hard language whose words you cannot understand. Surely if I sent you to such, they would listen to you. So basically God is saying, Ezekiel, I'm sending you to your own people, the Israelites. Okay? They, they've been conquered. This is around Babylon. Babylon's, this is, I think they're a few miles away from Babylon when I studied it. Um, but this is where captivities happen. This is the season. And, and Ezekiel's assignment from God is to go talk to God's people. And I find it very interesting in it because he knows who he's sent to, but he also says that, that, that they're not going to listen to you. <laughs> That's like, that is so God sometimes. Like, God will just tell you the truth, you know? And he's like, they're not going to listen. But you're going to go anyways, and you're going to do this anyways. Um, so anyway, so, but the house of Israel will not be willing to listen to you for they are not willing to listen to me. That's huge. I mean, make a mental note of that when, cause I'm going to teach on some new covenant stuff in here, but, but you've got to hear that God's like Ezekiel. They're not going to listen to you cause they won't listen to me. Okay. Talking about their own, his own people because of the house of Israel have a hard forehead and a stubborn heart. I'm gonna, I didn't do this first service, but I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to pray that right now. Lord, um, in the name of Jesus, will you help every one of us that might have a hard forehead or a stubborn heart, will you soften it? Will you let this word speak to them? Will you come and soften those? If, there, if there's something that we are holding on to, something that we need to deal with through the scriptures today, will you, will you move on that? That we don't become the people that God looks at others and would say, they just have a hard forehead and a stubborn heart. Help us, Jesus. Okay? So now switch over, and I'm going to show you where he gets called by God to be the watchman. Uh, turn this, well, if you have to turn the page, but it's the verse 16, 316. And at the end of seven days, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give them no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way, in order to save his life, the wicked person shall die. For his iniquity, but his blood, I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness, or from his wicked way, he shall die for his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Basically, Ezekiel, do your job, or the blood's on you. Warn them, speak up, do your job, or their blood is on you. That's, that's, a, that's kind of the deal here that God's given him. 20, again, if a righteous person turns from his righteousness and commits injustice and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die because you have not warned him. He shall die for his sin and his righteous deeds that he has done sh shall not be remembered, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the righteous person not to sin and he does not sin, he shall surely live because he took warning and you will have delivered your soul. So Ezekiel here and God are talking, and God basically gives Ezekiel this watchman role. He's a spiritual watchman. Now, if you uh, want to know what a watchman is, in Israelite world or the uh, Middle East world, they, they, they had a lot of, um, in their towns, they would put um, walls around them, right? So they would have these guys that they would call watchmen in the natural. And so these guys would be on the, on the wall, and their job was to be looking out for trouble. If you're a watchman on the wall, you're looking out for trouble. And, and, and you have a trumpet or some way to get people's attention. And if you see an army coming or if you see something, trouble coming, you, you, know, you make the people that need to know know. Okay? They, they might be in a tower. They might be on the wall. But they'd also be on the wall. And, and they wouldn't just be looking out. They'd be looking in, in the city, right? They have a, a, the, a bird's eye view. So they're able to see if there's a fire, if there's trouble, and they can, they can call the shots. And, and, and that's the natural 
So you'll see watchmen in the Old Testament quite a bit. But, the God, but our God called watchmen to be spiritual watchmen. Ezekiel here, that's, that's the big idea. You're called to be a spiritual watchman, Ezekiel. Just like the natural guys, your job is to speak up you know, and say stuff. Look at Jeremiah, you don't have to turn there, just hear it with me. Jeremiah 6, 16 through 17, this is, this is thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. Now he's talking there in Jeremiah. But they said, we will not walk in it. They being Israelites, God's people. 17, I set watchmen over you saying, pay attention to the sound of the trumpet but they said, we will not pay attention. So this is a problem. This isn't just, this is a, this is a prophet problem. This is what God has seen with his people. He's, he's getting these prophets to warn, to speak up, and they're not listening. They don't care. They're not paying attention. Hosea 9, 8, and this is the NLT version. The prophet is the watchman over Israel. For my God, yet traps are laid for him wherever he goes. He faces hostility even in the house of God. So you see a problem here. You see a stubborn people, as I referred to in the earlier part of chapter 3. God's chosen people, right? People in, out of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are so stubborn and so drawn to evil and so drawn to trouble that, that, that they've had to be conquered by Babylon. And there's, there's just so much, so much sin. And Ezekiel, here he is. He's supposed to warn them. Okay, so how do we transfer that ministry of the watchman in the Old Testament to the ministry in the New Testament, in the New Covenant? Because let's be honest, we don't have Ezekiel's and Isaiah's and Jeremiah's. We don't. Ezekiel, like 390 days or something, laid on his side and ate food, cooked on poop. <laughs> I said poop. Sorry if that's like offensive, but it's true. Okay, when you read these books, you're just like, what, right? (laughs) What did I just read? And I like, Ezekiel kind of negotiates with God, like, seriously, I've never touched anything, and I don't really want to cook on that type of poop. And and, and God's like, okay, you can can use cow dung, you know? And I'm like, oh, it's a bad break, okay? I know, you're like, move on, Jeremiah, stop saying poop. So, (laughs) all right, I got a couple laughs out of that. (laughs) So in the new covenant, what might be like the watchman of the Old Testament? What what way does God warn his people? What way is he speaking or leading or doing this prophetic style ministry and or watchman style ministry? And so what I did is I broke it down into four uh, topics and and it seems a little redundant of some of my other messages. And I was telling first service this and I thought about this. I say some of these things pretty common when I preach, and what I'm realizing is I don't think it's me, I think it's the Holy Spirit in me that, that as a church, we're, sometimes we need to hear things over and over and over again. Like God's not gonna move us on as a church until we start to really do it or live it or walk in it or understand it or follow it. So the first two you'll see is like the warning is number one is the word. Remember, we are taught by the word and led by the spirit, and I say this often, but we are going to push this as elders, we're going to teach this, we're going to, until we as a church get really understanding and flow and operate in taught by the word and led by the spirit, right? Like we had a, a, a conference yesterday with Michael Miller, 
incredible stuff. And it was more in the taught, by the, uh, taught by the word, led by the spirit. This guy literally goes around teaching that. And so as a church, as elders, as leadership, we're, we're wanting this. And so, yeah, you'll see me kind of almost sound like, man, this sounds like his same old sermon. I promise, promise you this is a new, new message. <laughs> uh, so number one, warning, the way God warns us that I would say, and probably the most important, the most, most weight needs to be put on it, is the word. Okay, the word, the word of God. And I want you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. And I'll just have that up there. 2 Timothy 3, 15. And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. This is, remember, this is Paul talking to Timothy, one of his leaders that he planted, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching for reproof, rebuke, rebuke, for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. So one, and, and maybe, maybe one of the most important ways God is going to warn you and me in our walks with him is scripture. Because the, the, what's, it, what's it for? It's for teaching, right? It's for rebuke, for reproof. It's for rebuke, for reproof, and I, and I want you to, I want to pause there for a minute. If you're reading the Bible and you're only taking out, it's like if you're only taking out the good and you're throwing away the, the stuff that makes you uncomfortable, you are reading the Bible wrong, okay? That's like literally eating Captain Crunch and taking the Crunch Berries, and, and all I want to do is eat the Crunch Berries and forget all things. Let me tell you something, the Crunch Berries will make you sick, you know? <laughs> I don't know. That's a horrible analogy. Anyways, <laughs> and I got, now I got my more brain on Captain Crunch. But, uh, but you, you read, and this is what people want to do, right? This is what they want to do. They want, the, they want the identity. They want the forgiveness. They don't want the, con- they want the no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I'm a more than a conqueror. Well, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And those are all good, and those all need to be received. But we have a tendency when we read the Bible and it says something that you don't like about unforgiveness, gossip, sexual immorality, talking this way, acting this way, behaving this way, loving this way, serving this way, forgiving this way. Well, I don't want that. You're reading the Bible wrong. Let me say it this. You're receiving the Bible wrong. Take it all because this is what it's for. It's for us. It rebukes you. And let me just encourage you, that's okay. Read your Bible and let it change you. When you come across a scripture that you're like, that's okay, be honest. Jesus, I don't like that, but I'm gonna work on it. Will you help me to fulfill that? Will you help me to to get rid of that? I want you to turn to James uh, chapter one, verse 21 through 25. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. When you read, when I read, do we receive it with meekness? Do we want to change? Do we say, I'm wrong, I need this word, this word is right? Which is what? Which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Who are you deceiving when you're only hearing and you're not doing it? Say it. Yourself, say it again. So when you are not doing the word and only hearing the word, you, not me, not them, not those, you are deceiving yourself. You have to take responsibility for that. That's the warning. That's what James is saying. 
Anyways, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror, for he looks at himself, goes away at once, forgets what he looks like or what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. That's a good scripture. That's a mandate. That's a warning, right? So that's a warning even how you read the Bible. That's a warning when you like open this up. Am I going to let this talk to me? Am I going to let this change me? Or am I looking into this to change that? That's dangerous when we start to go down those paths. Amen? All right. So let me ask you this. I'm just going to fill in the blank. Is the word of God your final or your greatest authority for blank? Is the word of God your authority for blank? Let me, let me say, blank is your relationship with your wife. Blank is your money. Is the word, how do you handle your money like this Bible commands you to? Do you handle your marriage like this Bible commands you to? Do you raise your kids like this Bible commands you to? Is it holding, is it the authority? It, I'm going to lean in a little bit more. Do you behave sexually like this Bible commands you to? Do you, do you believe what this Bible says about homosexuality or heterosexuality or pre-marriage, premarital sex? Do you? Or do we, do we whoa, 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 I, once again, I want, I want the crunch berries, but I don't want the Captain Crunch. Who's being deceived? And who's doing the deceiving? When you do that, you deceive yourself. Amen? When we take scripture and we like pick and choose and take this and receive that and push that away, we deceive ourselves. So this word of God, and I'm preaching to myself here, guys. This isn't like condemnation on you. When I read this and I see stuff that I don't, like I don't want to do sometimes the things it says. But it's the authority of God. It's the word of God. And I need it. And I know that God is good. And I trust him, and I trust his word is good, and I trust his word is leading me to life, so I do these things. Now, I have to warn about this. When it comes to the word, there's false teachers out there. There are false prophets out there. there are, you'll see this anywhere in, in Paul's letters. He's constantly warning against falseness. There's always someone that wants to come and take this and skew this and change that and adapt this and make culture the bigger voice. Isn't there? Are we not seeing this? I see it. I have friends that like buy into some of this stuff. And I'm like, oh, breaks my heart. I want you to see this. From the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, guess what? God spoke some things, didn't he, to Adam and Eve. He said, hey, guys, don't touch that tree. Don't do this. Don't eat, right? He said some things. And guess who shows up on the scene? Satan. Satan shows up on the scene. What's he do? He starts to say, did God really say? What did he start doing? He started undercutting God's word. God spoke a thing. Satan says, I want you to doubt a thing. And Satan knows that he can lead us astray when we start to question the word of God. Come on now. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It's like this is what the enemy's about. He's trying to get you to doubt the word of God, to question, did he really say? Did he really say? And guess what? Even when Jesus was being led by the Spirit in his 40 days of temptation, Right? Right, well, guess what? Did that happen there? I said, guess what, twice. But listen, look at that. What was, what was the enemy doing? He started quoting the Bible. 
And God started, Jesus started quoting the Bible right. So there's this battle over what this is said. And we're living in it. And you're living in it. And some of you have to figure it out. So anyways, the, the first and I'd say most important warning that God uses is the word. The word. The word. Amen. Second, second is the spirit. The spirit of God. Look at 1 John 4, 4 through 6. Shoo. You guys got me now. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. The Spirit. Right? Taught by the Word, led by the Spirit. 4-4. Well, 4-1, just look at that. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. We live in this age. Test the spirits. There's a whole sermon in there. I'm not going into that, but you've got to test spirits. You've got to test what people are saying. You've got to test what you're hearing. You've got to test what you're reading. You've got to test. Even within Christianity and denominations, you've got to test it. Yeah, thank you, babe. I think she said amen back here. All right, 4-4. Four, four. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Okay, he's talking about the spirit of Antichrist. He's talking about this false spirit. And he says, and, 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 and this is you and me, those of us that love Jesus, we're little children. We're the little children in this story. And he says, little children, you are from God. People in the first service, I said, little Jeremiah here. And I kid you not, there was laughing. They're like, little Jeremiah. I'm like, why can I not be little? Anyways, <laughs> little children, you are from God and you have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he that is, who, than he who is in the world. Who's in you, Christian? When you met Jesus, when, when yes, God, young lady said, yes, God, the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity, he's in you. You're sealed. You got the Holy Spirit when you accept Jesus Christ and he's there. That's the spirit we're talking about here. And guess what? He's in the world and they are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world and the world listens to them. There's a little bit of teaching in that, that, that sometimes what the spirit's saying, it will be rejected by the world and what the world's saying, your spirit will reject. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. But this we know, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The spirit of God is working inside of you to help you not to hurt you. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is working inside of you to sanctify you, to grow you. He is doing a work. Are you fighting him, resisting him, grieving him, or are you submitting and learning and listening to him? Are you allowing? Are you inviting? Are you asking the Holy Spirit, show me more, bring more into my life, help me to understand? Okay? Galatians 5. Galatians 5. Anytime somebody throws Galatians 5 out, you're like, here it goes, you know? I actually love Galatians 5. I did a lot of ministry to young people, so I used Galatians 5 quite a bit for about a decade. Galatians 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Can we hear that? Walk by what? The Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. If anybody in Christ this week, I understand this war. I hope you understand this war. Are we not in this war? Anybody relate that you're like, hey, hey, Jeremiah, I'm not even gonna lie. The desires of the flesh are against the spirit. The desires of the spirit are against the flesh. And these oppose each other. This is a war inside me this week. This is a war to say that, not say that. To look at that, not look at that. 
to, sit, to, to invite them there, to go read the Bible, to wake up early, spend time with God or not. What is it? Are you not in the war? Drink too much, eat too much, be too lazy. I don't know what your war is, but we all got stuff. We all got a flesh. Those of us that are in Christ, you know what I'm talking about. Your flesh is a jerk, right? He wants to bully your spirit. And your spirit's like, no. <laughs> At least I hope your spirit's saying no. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. This is just good, clear, biblical teaching so you and I can see what our flesh does, what it's capable of, what it likes to do, what its appetites are. And, and he said they're evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idultery, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. What's he do here? Watchman on the wall. I warn you. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you're struggling with those things, that's part of it. If you're doing those things, there's a difference in that. I just wanted, I want to teach on that for a minute. Like, there are people in here that have struggles in every camp that I just listed. And you might have heard that and you said, if you're doing such things, you won't inherit the kingdom of God. I'm done, I'm doomed. I love Jesus though. Well, let me tell you, friend, if you love Jesus and you're struggling with this is different than if you love Jesus and you don't, or you say you love Jesus and you don't care and you just live in these. Attitude and how you approach it is different. There is a fight. There is a wrestling. There is just a thing, a thing I don't wanna do, I do, and the thing I don't, so don't, don't hear that and be like, I'm a failure, I'm a loser. What you need to do is understand what he's actually trying to say, that you have a flesh and that's the flesh's agenda. And you have a spirit that is born again inside of you, Christian, and it has an agenda. And the agenda of the spirit is to sanctify you, grow you up, and make you more like Jesus. And the agenda of the flesh is to destroy you, kill you, and make you more like the, the evil people. Yeah, there's an agenda inside of you. Which one has reign? Which one ruled today? Which one's ruling tomorrow? That's what I'm going to ask. Woo, I can feel the Holy Spirit on that. Hallelujah. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to cry. I don't know why. What's the timer, Josh? <laughs> Are we, did we start a timer? Oh, usually they have me timed out. See how long I tear up. Oh, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That's what's happening, Christian. You should want to crucify your flesh. Jesus is so real and so good, and he's worth it. You should want to not be sexually immoral. Struggle? Sure, I get it. Been there. But you should want God. You should want him. You should want. He is so good. He is so good. And that's one of the best things that the Holy Spirit does, is he gives you a better picture of who Christ is. He's wanting you so bad to just get deeper and deeper and deeper in love with Jesus. That's what he's about. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live, this is, this is truth, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. I have literally asked the Holy Spirit to help me keep in step with him. He has a, remember, he has an agenda and he wants to grow me. And I want to walk with him and I want to talk with him. So I've actually asked the Holy Spirit to bring more conviction in my life. I know that he's right and I'm wrong. 
I know the word's right and I'm wrong, so I have spent time and I said, because sometimes I like movies, and I said this for a service, I like action movies with lots of killing, and I don't know why, and Heather hates them, so that's a thing. But sometimes a movie will have a, a, a nude scene or something, and that's a problem area for me, right? That's a, that's a door, that's an opening, right? So the enemy starts to come. And what I'm really trying to ask the Lord, I know where I will go if I'm allowed, So I know that I need Jesus and the Spirit to work on me, to draw me away. So I ask for more conviction. I ask him for more strength. Do you know that? That's okay to ask him for? Some of you have been getting your butt kicked by sin. That's what he's wanting me to say to you. And he says, all you got to do is ask. All you got to do is ask. I'm going to trip. Ask. That sin that you think you can't get away from, he's got it. He is victorious. Asking and say, Spirit of the Lord, give me strength to resist the temptation. Walk with me, talk with me, help me to walk this thing out. Help me to walk in step with the Spirit because he'll lead you away from that flesh, those evil desires. He can do that. It's gonna be a process. It's been a process. I'm 41 and I'm still in process. Sanctification takes, takes a while in some areas, okay? But it's good and the Holy Spirit's there and he is a watchman for your soul and my soul. Let me ask you with this particular point, are you allowing the Spirit to lead you? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you? Okay. Ooh, yeah. Three, third, leadership. Third way that the Lord uh, in the new covenant has a watchman over us or helps us watch out for ourselves is leadership or spiritual life. Acts 20. If you turn to Acts 20. Ooh, man. I didn't feel that first service. Maybe I'm awake now. Acts 20, 26. Okay? Leadership. Therefore I testify you to this day that I am innocent of the blood of all. That's an interesting comment too. I don't want to dive too deep into it. But you can almost see that Paul is uh, feeling like Ezekiel. You remember how God told Ezekiel, if you don't do what I've called you to do, that blood's on your hands. And you kind of don't see that in the New Testament, but you see Paul almost allude to it here. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am not, I am innocent of the blood of all. Like Paul knew, I did my job. I obeyed. I submitted. I went the distance. I finished well. Paul knew that. You see that in scripture, okay? And he's like, I did it. And then he says, um, declaring you the whole counsel of God, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God. And this is for leaders. He's talking to the leaders here. Um, And and that's me and elders in this church and and, and honestly others too. It's not just for us. There's other spiritual leaders in here that are called, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among yourselves will rise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert. Remember that for three years I did not cease night and day to admonish everyone with tears. I can relate, Paul. You guys have no idea how hard it is to be a pastor or a leader and watch the devil come in like fierce wolves and they eat good godly people. They get them buying into sinful acts. He gets them deceived. And it rips your heart out. Because you know the death, destruction, and the path that they're on. And it's hard 
to be a shepherd at, when you see the sheep getting ripped. And we want to be good shepherds. And we, the shepherds of this church, the elders of this church, we want to be good elders. We really do. We're not perfect. But I, I, I tell you what, the group of guys that's meeting, there's a lot of sacrifice. There's a lot of brokenness. There's a lot of humility. It's godly men are uh, heading up this church. So pray for us elders, please. Pray, 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 pray. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. Paul, he, he put it out there, man. He laid it on the line for God's people. And I, I can feel that sometimes in my life. I want to be a good man of God and a good shepherd. And I don't want to leave anything on the table. So let me ask you, do you have leadership in your life? Are you shepherded well? And, and, and honestly, don't, that's not even like to say here at this church. You may not be. That's okay. Maybe you're called to go to another church and get shepherded well there. I don't even know. It's not like there's only a few good shepherds in the world. God has raised up a lot of godly people, but, but are you being shepherded? Are you making the effort to be shepherded? Are you submitting? Are you allowing people to, to lead you and oversee you and watch out for your souls and your spirit, help grow you? Because it's biblical. And they're watchmen oftentimes. They're, 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 they're put in your life to oversee, to speak, to call out the crazy, if I, if you, <laughs> if, if you, if I may. Okay? I want you to look at Hebrews 13. How am I doing on time? Am I destroying this thing? Okay, we're okay. Hebrews 13, 7 through 9. Remember your leaders. Those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their faith and imitate their faith. So for a leader, that, let me ask you this. If, and I'm just going to say, this isn't just for elders. Some of you are leaders in, in small groups. Some of you are leaders in your community, spiritual leaders. Some of you are discipling people. You have people that look up to you. You have people that you know as you, I sit up here and cry, you know what I'm talking about because there's people in your heart that you care for, right? There are people that you're pouring into, you care for, and you're broken over. God has put a leadership like, role in your life and you just love people and you want to help them and you want to see them flourish, okay? Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. That's kind of the deciding factor right there, right? Who spoke to you the word of God? Who's speaking to you the word of God? That's a defining factor of, of, of a leader. If, if someone's in your life and you consider them a leader and they're not speaking the word of God over you, I wouldn't listen to them as a leader. That's how you end up crazy places, reading crazy books by crazy people, believing crazy doctrines. Amen? And yeah, that, that's big, that's real. Consider the outcome of their way of life. That's the other thing. Consider the outcome of the way of life. How are they living? Are they living it out? How's their life? How's their marriage? How's their finances? How's these things? How, how the people you look up to, how are they living? And if you're a leader, how are you living? Are you an example to follow? Or do you have secret sin and hidden sin and unconfessed sin and all these issues? And you're like, I, I, I don't want to tell the people I'm leading. No, maybe you, need to, maybe you need to take a step away from your leadership role and deal with some of that stuff. That's okay. We all have issues. We all have problems. Sometimes you just got to take a step away and say, look, I need to work on me. I've, I'm, I've got all sorts of stuff that I need to deal with. Don't be condemned if you're a leader like that. Don't feel that. That's not condemnation. That's encouragement. Take a step. Let the Lord work on you. 
Get your head squared away. Get the repentance that you need. Get the humbleness you need and walk it out. Imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be led by diverse and strange teachings. For it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods. They were, they were all about like what you eat makes you more spiritual, right? What you do to your body makes you more like God-like or, or makes you more like a follower. That's kind of from the, the Jewish beliefs, right? And some of the, the things in their day. So they were believing false, right? Those were works, not faith. Um, we, we have a thing in our church. I'll just touch on it a little bit. Uh, I feel led to. We have a thing we, we, we do as elders. We have a membership, right? And, and I know people say, well, there's no membership in the Bible. And that's true. There's no membership in the Bible. But one of the ways as elders we're trying to shepherd the flock, you guys, is through membership. So we, we've ref, refurbished our membership. We've put some things in there that have caused some people to get upset and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, the whole idea is for us to shepherd the body better. So if you love Jesus and you love Cobblestone, don't be afraid to become a member. The whole big idea is so that you get connected to us. Like as Kristen was saying, we want you to connect. We want you to be on a list. We want a shepherd. We got shepherding lists where we pray over the group and the members. And even tonight, that's the, that's the heart behind what we're really trying to do is get people that say, look, I, I get it. Membership's goofy or whatever, but this is what my church does. And this is a way they can shepherd me well. This is a way that they have created that, that, that can help me be known, be seen, be heard, be loved, be shepherded. So don't be afraid of membership. I mean, don't, don't be so stubborn. Because that's how I've been. Honestly, this is the first church I've ever been a member of. All the other places, I'm like, I ain't going to be a member. You know, I'm a membership of the kingdom of God, big C or whatever, you know. I've been there. I've heard it all. And honestly, I, I, I agree with most of it all. But sometimes just submit and serve and just go low and say, you know what? If our church is doing this, I'm on board because I love these guys and I love this church. Amen? There's a little, little eldering there. Um, and the parents are going to love this part because parents, I did this for you because I'm a parent and we're, gonna just, we're just going to turn our eyes to our kids for a quick moment. In leadership, the last point is Ephesians 6, 1, and, 1 through 3. We'll just read it up there. Children or Hildren. Children. That's how, in Brookville, that's how we, we're Hildren. We, we raising Hildren over there, right? <laughs> we got Hildren. <laughs> Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first command meant with promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. That's a good word. And let me say this. If you're 28 and you're like still obeying your parents, stop it, okay? That's a problem. Uh, But if you're under 18 or even 18, Faith, and it's like... Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> uh, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Your mom and dad are watchmen over your souls, kids. I mean, and boy, when I say that, some of you just, you know, get behind me, Satan, type of thing, right? You're like, how dare he? But no, listen, your mom and dad who love Jesus love you, and they care for you, and you got to hear that. You got to hear that. And, and sometimes mom and dad see what you can't see. Sometimes they're the watchman. Sometimes they're the one that, and you just need to submit and trust them. And all the parents said, amen. Woo! Biggest amen I've gotten in a while. Colossians 3.20 says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Pleases the Lord. So kids, 
there is spiritual authority for you, and it's mom and dad. All right, fourth and the final is the body, the body of believers, us united together, believing. Galatians 6, 1 and 2, I want you to take a peek at that. Galatians 6, 1 and 2, and I I preach this often because I read this often, and I actually try to live this out as much as I possibly can in my own life. Galatians 6, 1 and 2, brothers, notice he said, brothers, this is not elders, this is not leaders, this is all of us in Christ. If anyone is caught in any transgression or sin, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You see that beautiful thing in there? Watchmen. Sometimes you're the warner for the, your, your, your friends. Sometimes you're the, the as, as military people, you got their six, right? Sometimes you're the one looking out and you can see what they can't see. But let me ask you, do you have the guts to confront? Do you have the love to say that what needs to be said? And there's some, there's, some, there's some teaching in there. Notice how he said, you should restore him or her in a spirit of gentleness. I think that's very wise. Brashness and anger and yelling. I'm guessing we're all pretty sure that doesn't work. But a gentle spirit, people like a gentle, like, you know, hey, Aaron, Hey, man, I saw you driving your Corvette way too fast. And, uh, dude, your kids need you around, man. Don't drive 150 mile an hour. Put it down to 120, right? You see that gentleness there? No. That's, but, but if I saw Aaron, and he's a brother, he's in my small group, he's a brother of Christ, if I saw him doing something really bad or knew something, and if I really love him, I need to go deal with him, Right? And you go deal with him. That's part of it. That's part of what we do. That's how we, that's how our, uh, that's how we get better. That's how we love Jesus. That's how we call people out. And that's how people are restored, right? That's good. That's good news. I don't think Aaron's speeding too, by the way. So I don't know, maybe. Um, so so are, do you have friends like that? Listen, listen, I'll say this. If you don't have Christian friends, then you're not going to have that. If you're not, the connect groups, another plug, after the service, out there, that's the heart. We don't just love to cook up ideas and names here. We, we want you to connect so then you can get some of this. So you can have brothers and sisters in Christ around you living life together. And if you get into a bind or you need someone to pray or you need someone to confront, they're there. It's a natural uh, outpouring of connecting. Amen? Okay. So... John 13, 34, it's really just Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. And what it really comes down to is when you see the people in your circle suffering or wandering or doing something, your love must motivate you and drive you to action. You must. And how do you do it? Know your Bible. That's important. Just going at them and giving them opinion. That's not very wise. Learn the scripture, go in gentleness, set up a time, be bold, talk to them. To be honest with you, and of course I've done this in a pastoral way, some people receive it, some people hate you for it and divide over it, and that's okay for a while. You, you, it's just part of it. Be, I'm just giving you fair warning. This isn't all sunshine. When, when you do this, some will be like, who are you to tell me how to live my life? 
I can sleep with who I want to sleep with. I can do what I want to do. I can live and drink and part. And you're like, I just love you, and I love Jesus, and I love the Word, so I just wanted to. And, and I would also say this. I had a, a conversation with a wonderful man. He's uh, actually dealing with something with his son, and it, 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 in the sense that his son's not following Christ, and he's like, how do I deal with all that? And I, and I told him, I said, this is what I believe, and this is just a little Jeremiah teaching. Take it or leave it. Say it clear, say it up front, but then don't beat them up over it. That's something we have a tendency to do. Like if someone's living in a sinful way, and I say Grover's doing this, and, and, and I say Grover, and especially in family situations where you still got to be around them, because there is excommunication talk, but we're not going in there. If Grover's dealing, if, if he's in my family and I say, Grover, you need to stop this, do this, I love you, but here's how I'm going to, I'm just going to say this one time, and, but every time I see you on the holidays or whatever, I'm not going to beat you up. I'm not going to dish out condemnation with the potatoes, right? Like, you guys should be, you know what I mean? Right? Say it once, say it clear, say it humbly, use scripture, do it the right way, but then don't just become the person that they never want to hear again. The hope is that wandering sinful person wants to come back to Jesus through you. And you have to set the table for that. And there's some real wisdom in that. And I, I don't have time to go too far. But that's just a little bit of, of, of how I've dealt with it. And to be frank with you, I have seen some good fruit in that particular style. Um, so, and I, and I close with this, okay? I close with this. Jesus said in, in, in Revelation 3.19, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Be zealous and repent. Okay? Are you a zealous person to repentance? Because that's going to be a pattern of your Christianity. So, um, if I touched on something, worship team, you can go ahead and come. If I touched on something that you're, you're dealing with and you need to talk to somebody about it, let us know. Um, if you need prayer, prayer is, is, is sometimes just the only thing you got and you can do. But... Um, we're, we're there for you, church. We want you to, to feel loved. I, I do. I want you to feel warned, too. I do. Okay? And I'm going to pray. Prayed this, um, prayed this over first service, and I felt the Holy Spirit kind of say it. I'm just going to pray it over you guys. So I'm going to pray. They're going to play. You need to pray, get some prayer. You want to sign up for connect groups, do your thing, and, uh, and then I think we'll do a song, hang out with Jesus, and then you're probably free to go or whatever. But let's pray. Father, I thank you. I'm just going to obey you in that, Lord, that what I felt for service that you asked me to pray against false uh, thinking. I pray against the spirit of lies that has been attacking cobblestone. I pray against, Lord Jesus, the spirit of deception that is trying to get our young people to believe certain things, Father. I pray against all the lies that come from uh, even the Miami University and things that come from this community, Lord Jesus, when it comes to sexual immorality, when it comes to things, Lord Jesus, about how I live my life, how I do those things. The devil is a liar, and I'm asking you, Jesus, to bring truth to lies. Father, I bind up deception. I pray against false thinking. I pray against false teachers and people, Lord Jesus, that would be wolves in sheep's clothing that have been assigned to come against this church. Father, in the name of Jesus, put them out. Whatever it takes, get them out of here. Guard this flock. Guard this church. Guard what you're doing. Keep us from the enemy. 
Guard our minds, guard our eyes, guard our ears. If we're watching stuff we shouldn't watch, if we're looking at stuff we shouldn't look at, if we're reading stuff we shouldn't read, help us to stop. Bring conviction stronger to cobblestone than it's ever been. Spirit of the Lord, move. Draw us closer to our master, to our king, to our friend, Jesus. Jesus, we just plead your blood over this church and all that we do and everywhere we go. Lord, this week, use us. I thank you for these sheep. I thank you for this flock. I thank you for us. Just, God, it's, a, it's, it's scary to be an elder, but I want to do it well, and I know my, my, my other brothers want to do it well. Help us to lead well. Straighten us out where we need to straighten out. Show us what we need to see. Give us ears to hear and humble hearts, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're the watchman over us. You're the great shepherd. Bless my brothers and sisters with just a wonderful afternoon. Peace and joy and all those wonderful things, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, we agree. I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you need prayer for anything, you can email us at prayer at cobblestonechurch.com or you can go on our website at www.cobblestonechurch.com and submit it there. We'd love to pray for you. Have a great week and God bless.